Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Welcome, everyone. We are the Geek Patrol, and our microphones don't have a stun setting. Today's episode of Geek Tank Radio is brought to you by the Coruscant Mountain Climbing Guild. Alan, can you hand me that six-foot ladder? I'm going up. <laughs> I mean, they let anybody into this. It's not one of the more challenging uh, feats of physical endurance I've ever had to do, but, you know. I think it's more of a trial run for the young beginners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. well, I was looking at it as just a way of making you feel good about yourself. Right. Hey, you, you can go. say, hey, I made it to the summit. I, I, I climbed Mount Lump. <laughs> yeah, getting past the security is the bigger challenge. Oh, well, that's true. Anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max over there behind the glass. On top of the peak. Not mm. not Brandon Olmstead. We're gonna we're gonna cut him some slack. Brandon, you know, I don't know if you people, you know, he's getting a new house. If Man, you're new to uh, Geek Tank Radio, poor poor Brandon. Back in December, we're talking <laughs> December. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're three months into this thing. He has been out of his home because they had a plumbing disaster. They had the pipes burst in his home. He's been uh, living, I guess, with his grandmother or something, mm-hmm. and yeah. his wife. Yeah. And finally, he can move back in this weekend. So we're like, yeah, take the day off, go take care of business. So. Uh, and he's getting basically a new plate. I get. Would you suffer three months of that to get a basically a new interior of your home? I think. Well, the, yeah. The trade-off's he, not bad. Yeah, he's he's basically he hasn't moved, but he got a new house. Yeah. So and Brandon, it's, it's yeah. happening, man. I'm I'm almost envious. Uh, exactly. So uh, okay, Alan. Later in the show, this is something we barely scratched. We we almost never talk about this, and I don't know why. And it's steampunk and. Mm. I've got, uh, I don't know if I've got questions. I have observations and uh, things I want to roundtable with you guys. Okay. Alan's somewhat of an authority on steampunk. I mean, for one thing, he lived back then. Mm, well, yeah. Uh, and also, there are some people that I think they know what steampunk looks like, and I don't know, maybe there's something we could do to enlighten or, you know, mm. and there's things about steampunk I don't understand. So okay. We're going we're gonna to hit that uh, later in science. Um, okay, well, we're 3D printing everything else. Why not rock rocket? 3D printed rockets. Uh, that's and where it we're, flew. That's where we're... Mm. Well, and it worked, yeah. Yeah. So we, we've got some of that. And, uh, you know, we've got other interesting things that I'm sure are going to go grow organically out mm. of this discussion that we... There's no point in even bringing it up because we, you know... We, we don't, don't know. I, I can't over tease. That's sort of one of my uh, shortcomings. But I, I mean, I don't want to bring this up every week, Alan, but we're in the middle of things. We, we have to shift to Disney+. Plus. I mean... Every uh, as I said, every time I think maybe I'll cancel it and just no, the mouse take a is break not going to let it. you go. No, I mean this is three. When how long has Disney Plus been around? Because I want to. Um, I mean, at least four years. Well, like that. I, I mean, we we began the rumors about five years ago, and then you know it's it's grown to the part point now where we can't imagine life without it. it it's funny because so, when it came out, I was like, okay, well, they're going to just replay old Disney movies. They're no, going to show Marvel. They're no. going to show Star Wars. Well, I have all those on DVD. Why do I need this? You know? And so I thought, well, okay, they talked about this show called The Bad Bat. I mean, not The Bad Bat, The Mandalorian. Right. I'll check that out. So I subscribed, mm. and years later, I still haven't it, given it up my subscription. It had a baby Yoda, and you were done. Well, yeah. here we are, Alan, into season three of The Mandalorian. And uh, okay, let no, let's let's skip. Let's start with something good. The Bad Batch. The only thing I will say is that this is building to an epic crescendo. The Bad Batch. I mean, a right. little cartoon is, I, is say, just let's got more there. depth and more right. emotion than, I mean, and, and we say it all the time, don't underestimate these these animators. I, 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 whoever of 
the concept person was behind this, plus the showrunner, plus the voice actors, plus the cartooning, plus all the animation to it. Right. You know, this is easily as good as anything live action. I mean, it's superior easily, in a lot of easily. ways. There's, it's, um, yeah. Just as entertaining, very well acted, very well voiced, very well drawn. It is just it, it is just a shining example of where the tech to this particular type of production is these days. Right. It's just astounding. Yeah, it, it's outstanding, and it's building up to something really, really cool. And if you're if you're on the fence and you're like, eh, I just can't bring myself to watch these cartoons, you know. Mm, yeah, I, you can. Yeah, you can. Trust me. And this is actually not a bad introductor. Uh, I believe uh, if you're if you're new to all of the animated, you could probably just watch this. You don't have to watch Clone Wars or Rebels because right. If you're familiar with the Star Wars uh, story, you're gonna be familiar with the era they're living in and just jump in and right and enjoy it. So. Um, but Alan, okay, I cannot figure out what's going on with the Mandalorian because we universally, I mean, Mandalorian was sort of the crowning jewel of of Star Wars in terms of right. the shows. I mean, everybody was praising it. Every and I don't know, man. We're four episodes in, and I can't. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even feel like the same show mm, to me I, at all. And I, I mean, I'm sorry. There were some parts this week that I, it was almost embarrassing to watch because it was so badly written. So, I, well, you know what? I, I find it amusing that every season. It's the same complaint on the same number episode. No. It's something this weird. This is different. This is dumb. This is this. This is that. However, there is an evil master plan that is going to bring it all back together uh, because that is just their floor plan. Halfway, I don't think so, halfway through the season, the Mandalorian goes off the rails and then brings it brilliantly back home. And they did some massive fan service and got a. Brilliant, a brilliant character actor from one of the most hated members of Star Wars to now one of the most beloved. Yeah, well, I, what is his name? Why do I always forget? Uh, he played Jar Jar Binks and he, he gets to Jar do Jar a cameo as a, as a Jedi. That scene was cool. The scene with uh, where they go to, um, where we're seeing uh, Order 66 being carried out from Baby Yoda's perspective, that was right. cool. But that was like three minutes long. I'm, I'm talking, there were some things that were impossible to overlook because they were so bad and it's it this is episode four alan i'm sorry every episode has been like that for mm. me they have their moments but it just doesn't even feel because the the um episode seasons one and two there was just this kind of interesting vibe and i cared about every character i i had an emotional attachment and then of course when you know the the the, the climax of of season uh, two was just awesome, but I don't know, man. I'm not feeling it right now. So. Yeah, you will. I was just uh, really happy to see Ahmed Best get a little fan love and get some fan service. And yeah, got to play a cool role, and now he's in. Now he's back in the fold. You know the thing is with, with Ahmed Best too, because when he when he played Jar Jar Binks, he put his heart and soul into this, and he really got harassed for you know i mean he got submarined for that one and yeah. and it's a real shame so i'm glad he, he 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 got to do that but you know it's funny because jar jar binks did full fulfill his duty he he was a mm. fan favorite with kids which is what the whole point was so all right hey uh guys we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back this is gonna be interesting we're gonna talk all about steampunk you're listening to geek tank radio on 98 one the max alan gilbraith doesn't need horcruxes the Geek Patrol is back. Yeah, and we don't want to know. It's some secret family recipe, Max. We just do not want to know. 
don't know how you, I don't know how you pull it off, Alan. But um, <laughs> I just see the hamburger helper, but with like horses. <laughs> In any case, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my buddy Alan Gilbert, who needs to get himself up off the floor, oh. and our pal Max over there behind with the glass. With the evil hamburger helper. Oh, we yeah. told you we had new rejoiners coming, Alan. And, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> our yeah, I, I obviously like I did one. not see that coming. No. That was awesome. Uh, Brandon Olmstead is off duty this week. Uh, happily so, the guy, the poor guy, he's been out man. of his home for three months <laughs> oh, while they rebuilt after a plumbing disaster. Yeah. So he's getting moved in, but he'll be he'll be back next week. So, hey, if you're just tuning in, uh, I I did my weekly gripe about the Mandalorian season three, which I'm I, I need to move along. I mean, I I and I don't hate it. I'm just disappointed because the bar was set so high. I mean, in the past, it's. It's just really been one of that's, the best shows out there, and I feel like it's suffering this year. It's just not the, quite every at third the level season of has a little drag. Everybody's no. third season drags. They better so. get. They better get out. Okay, I have you. faith. I have absolute faith. We'll be all thrilled and chilled and jumping up and down by the end of it. Uh, so okay, so and then later in the show, Alan is gonna in science. We're gonna talk about the the 3D printed rocket technology that's emerging. And I say emerging. It's it's here. And it's being utilized, so mm -hmm. that that's pretty cool. But you know, Alan, we do not talk enough on this show about steampunk, which is sort of interesting to me because, okay, I want to, I want to, I, I believe most people know steampunk when they see it. However, mm -hmm. I think steampunk is sort of, you know, so and if you're not familiar with it, folks, it's basically just just Google steampunk, and you're going to see all sorts of uh, interesting clothing. It's basically Victorian. It's like a Victorian uh, look that if it was uh, if the the technology was, you know, sort of futuristic. I don't know. There's, there's a definite uh, look to steampunk. And so my, my question, Alan, is I, I, I love the aesthetic of steampunk, not just the uh, costumes, but the era. The, you know, you see these interesting vehicles and these zeppelins and these, and these uh, weapons that they use and everything. And even down to, uh, I'm looking for a new lamp for my kitchen, and mm. I'm, I was, I, we might go with a steampunk looking lamp because they're really cool there's a lot of gears and everything but what i guess i was wondering is steampunk is mainstream but it also isn't i mean we don't have you know steampunk we have we've had very few steampunk movies right alan and don't don't roll your eyes at me <laughs> i'm talking about where at the level of like you know the marvel cinematic unit or something where it's like okay this is the steampunk universe i i think what it is is i don't know as a as somebody that's a, a an outsider, I don't immediately recognize. Uh, well, this movie had a steampunk element or something. I guess I'm just wondering. It's mainstream, but it's also sort of underground at the same time. Well, all right. would you disagree with that? Well, uh, all right. The, the easy thing is that it's a historical piece. Okay. So you take a look at of of Downey Jr.'s of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, okay, I see. Those were steampunk movies. Now, was it a steampunk? Movie? Those were steampunk as good as it gets. How about okay. Sky Captain World of Tomorrow? That yeah, was that a steampunk. Indiana Jones is a diesel punk. Or how about Mortal Engines? Mortal Engines is a post-apocalyptic diesel punk. Of so what are we what are we okay, actually talking uh, sorry, about? Sorry, you said Sherlock Holmes is a steampunk movie. Okay. I see elements when it comes to the, the, you know, the tools they were using and just the the look of it. But I don't know that you could just say it's a, you know, I don't know that 
50 people looking at that would even I think I don't even think one of them would say it's a steampunk movie and Just, that's the beauty of it okay so it's a more subtle it's more nuanced maybe so. well all right you know if you're gonna do I'm gonna pick on mortal engines for just a minute uh, mortal engines is a post-apocalyptic cities are now mobile and out driving around okay and they're looking for a tech from the past to obliterate their enemies right of and there's a lot of steampunk elements in the fact that you've got machinery moving and it's visually very, very appealing. All right, what we're going to do with this whole steampunk thing is, all right, let's get the time period. Steampunk technically really begins about 1700. Oh, I didn't know that. 1700 is when steam technology replaced basic trapped technology. And what I mean by trap technology, when you're in a trap technology, you can't move. Okay. Coal doesn't move. Water doesn't move. So if you're grinding wheat, you can't move from the stream. You got to have the wheel. You got to have the stream. You're trapped. Okay. Now, here comes a steam engine. So by whatever means you want, you're going to heat this boiler and that heat and that moving steam can now make something move, can make something spin. Right. The moment that happens, you're now mobile. You've created an engine, basically. Something, well, you've created something that can be set up somewhere else at any time. Okay. So that brings us the steampunk aesthetic. Now, of course... Victorian Why there's a lot of pipes and gears. There's and pipes and gears and moving things. And copper. And right, and a lot of copper. And stuff that looks cool. And the Victorian age is also the age of so much new tech. But it was what we can call ba uh, uh, basement tech. Mm -hmm. Because you were at home like the mad scientists making stuff. Because we had a complete disregard for anything that resembled human safety and or... Um, uh, yeah, you know, there were no OSHA rules back then, so you could do what you wanted. The one thing that I know that it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, but isn't the isn't sort of the premise also that this this basic technology, the the, the steam engines and things, and, and our new discovery of of harnessing electricity, they they were taking it to the level of okay, well, let's imagine if they use that technology to to launch a rocket ship or to make airplanes or, or to make something life. So, so imagine Hello, Frankenstein. Imagine living in the Victorian era in the 1800s when, but it's an alternate version where you could travel to to the moon on these machines, and and the aesthetic is very cool from that point of view. Which and I love correct. steam. Don't get me wrong; I think it's great. I, I got news for you: you see cool, steampunk man. elements all through the Mandalorian. Uh, that's trust me, you do. Next, we've said it. You'll see them. Okay, like that big rifle, sniper rifle that the Mandalorian used looked very steampunky. Yeah, and it, it is cool. I, I, I guess my thing is, I would like to see a little more of it. So, but uh, and uh, maybe Alan could give us some good steampunk reading uh, oh, yeah. recommendations as well. So, all right, well, we're, we're going to continue the talk here uh, on Geek Tank Radio. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on ninety-eight one The Max. Sharknado was an inside job. The Geek Patrol is back. Oh, yeah. Alan has a very suspicious look on his face, too. <laughs> you were involved, weren't you, sir? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> I just hear anything the, to do with that. I think that. I think the organization is called the SBI, the Shark Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an inside job. I mean, mm. look at look at what it look what it did to the to the world. 
Anyway, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends uh, Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. Fighting off the sharks. Oh, yeah. Brandon is off, and uh, Max, I'm enjoying these new rejoiners. He's missing the shark action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, uh, we're moving from the shark. So, but uh, yeah, we we promised new rejoiners, and they're they're quite a you got quite a catalog too. Uh, we need to just have a show just with the rejoiners. I'm kind of <laughs> liking those. Just so. us reacting, yeah. Um, hey uh, guys, if you're just tuning in, we uh, we were discussing. Uh, well, uh, we were discussing the uh, you know my feelings about the uh, Bad Batch and the Mandalorian and. Uh, which you know the seasons are are coming to they're they're going to be wrapping up soon and we'll probably do a more comprehensive discussion. But before the break, we were talking about steampunk and uh, Alan. I think most people know it if they see it, but I I dare say it is it, it's it's interesting because it's very mainstream, but it's also I don't I don't know I still see an underground quality to it. But I had a question. Growing up, I didn't see any steampunk stuff. Uh, when did it actually come about? Like, is there somebody that's like the father or mother of steam of modern steampunk that we would um, recognize as maybe kicking the movement off, or did it just sort of grow among groups of people? Like, you uh, know, s- steampunk, the genre actually kind of showed up uh, usually in the early '80s. Yeah, I wondered. I didn't think it was that old. And so, uh, yeah. well, it, all right. It, let me rephrase. The phrase showed up. Basically, steampunk uh, was a designation on the shelf at Barnes and Noble or the other bookstores. Okay. And that way, you kind of knew where, you know, something about if the you wild had to world. categorize it, 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 we're calling it, it this. And so. you know, otherwise, pretty much, guys, it's it's just science fiction. It's sci-fi. It's historical. You know, it's sci-fi at a time period. Set in this Victorian era. And, and But if you think about it, the Victorian era, th- this really cranked out some amazing stuff. Um, the people of the time, the thinkers of the time, of really were totally amazed with, now we had lights in the houses. We right. weren't trapped going to bed at dark with the chickens. Yeah, we the electric light. Well, we had world. gas lighting before right. then. Well, so we, we had piped in gas lighting that meant you could have a party late into the evening and be well lit. Right. Um, you had uh, mining changes. We had coal was becoming the big uh, production of energy. So we were becoming more and more portable. And now we're going to throw in railroads. So now you can get someplace faster. And welcome to all of these things. And the literature of the time, when you think about it, Dracula. You read Dracula? Yep. It's a travel yeah. log. It's a travel yeah. log with a guy in it that bites people. Yeah. Yep. Most of the book is a travel log. Mm-hmm. And people just look at me funny when I say that. And I go, no, no, no. Go back and really read Dracula. Don't skip through the boring parts. <laughs> and and you're kind of, there's a whole thing in there about paprika. I yeah. think that I think that the term that they used back in the day was called epistolary tales. Yes. Okay. And you know, Victorians produced the Penny Dreadfuls. We had Varney the Vampire, and we had mysteriously cloaked figures, and all of these things were going on. We had a detective named Sherlock Holmes, and I think now that you're saying this, Alan, I could see that there are elements of steampunk in Sherlock Holmes, right? Well, especially like you said, the way they did the the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, well, uh, version. Definitely had steampunk right, elements. Sherlock so. is always writing a white paper on 
cigar ash yeah. or is experimenting with violin sounds on fruit flies or he is truly embodying the the basement crazy inventor trying to figure something out. I, I want to say this because uh, um, now that you're kind of expanding my mind, Alan, I think there's a movie that you would probably say in terms of being the most uh, modern and the most, I would say, impactful and the most famous you could probably argue that the Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige, was about as steampunk as you can get. Because, spoiler folks, I mean, the guy figures out a way to clone human beings instantaneously. There's there's all sorts of tech involved that we really didn't have in the Victorian era that uh, that gets shown in that movie. I mean, would you call that a steampunk? Oh, well, and you know? look at Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein itself was electricity being the spark of life. We didn't, uh, when Frankenstein was written, Mary Shelley could never have understood an AED machine, better known as that thing you yell charge and clear and you jumpstart somebody's heart with. You know, she was really on this idea. Well, that's true. That was, uh, I mean, that's two, over 200 years ago. So, so we're yeah. putting a body together and we're activating it with electricity. Right. You know, we have AED machines in every medical facility in the country now that uses what? Electricity to jumpstart you. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde was monstrous at the time because how far could the mind go? Where could medicine take us? Um, Welcome to steampunk. If somebody, because I think at this point, it's you have an easier chance finding literature. So can you give us a couple of recommended books that uh, we need something for the, uh, the the newbie, somebody that would jump in and not be confused? But are there any books or recommendations you'd make for the, of, somebody you know, that wants to get into steampunk? Uh, so. They can pop over to wherever they want to look at it, and they could look at like the real world of Victorian steampunk. Okay, there's a really good series called Dreams of Steam. Of their steampunk Bible. So you just basically pop on to wherever you like to buy books, type in steampunk, and you will get a variety of quick lists. Okay. But your classics, really honestly, Jekyll and Hyde, The Invisible Man, of Dracula, Frankenstein, those are your ones that are really, really going to show you the world at that time. And 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I'd contend. Jules Verne is, should be canonized for this. Yes. <laughs> now that you're making <laughs> me think of it. The patron saint of steampunk. Okay, so steampunk isn't really new. It's no. just, I would say the aesthetic, though. The, you know, I didn't see the goggles and top hats and stuff growing up, but... Uh, well, but then again, maybe the you see subtle versions of that in Jules Verne or yes. something like that. So steampunk's cool. I just don't think Wells. we give enough love to steampunk on this oh, show. Oh, H.G. So. Wells, awesome books right there. Yeah, pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, get out there and, and, and enjoy some steampunk. And uh, definitely, mm -hmm. if you're a cosplayer, you can't do better than that. You can make half the costume oh, yourself. You, you look fabulous. Absolutely. So uh, this is interesting. So, Alan, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back in science, though, we're going to talk all about 3D printed rockets. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. If roasting porks is wrong, then they don't want to be right. The Geek Patrol is back. I mean, you can boil them, uh, fillet. There's a lot of techniques. You know, you don't have to just roast them. The last time I cooked them, I couldn't get you to eat it. A stew, a good pork stew will yeah. uh, warm your. I warm love your, pork. Yaki Pori with I'm a I'm a yaki I'm a pork or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yaki Portugal. I don't know. Pork chops, pork steaks. Mm. Uh, we serve it all here on Geek Tank Radio. Anyway, welcome back. Soylent pork. Yeah. <laughs> 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends uh, Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max over there behind the glass. Feasting on the porg. Yeah, we. he really overdoes it with his. Uh, that, that's okay. I've got over. one for him, yeah. though. I've, I've got one I'll cook for him next week because he needs some porg tattooing. Porg kebab. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brandon's off this week. He is finally getting moved back into his home that it got Bless demolished by uh, a plumbing disaster three months ago. Yeah. And live with his mother-in-law or his grand. I don't know who he's living with. Actually, I think it was grandma. So, but uh, you know, uh, he's he's excited to be moving back in. So that's you know, we're giving him giving him the day off. But Alan, uh, okay, you've got a really interesting story for us. So, hail science! Uh, I hope it's interesting. Oh, it's interesting. We an evolution of a story you brought to us in the past. This is a follow up of a story of a follow up of a story of a follow up of a story. You've been bringing us these stories for years. So yeah, but it's expanding. 3D printing is no longer a thing. 3D printing is no longer a theory. Well, you know, we we started talking about this in huspered tones 15 years ago. You know what's interesting? Sorry, not to interrupt you, but you know what is interesting about 3D printing? I remember back in the early, you know, we, we. been doing geek tank quite a while alan in 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 the in the early days of these stories i would say hey alan for people that don't know tell us what 3d printing is mm. well we don't do that anymore because i feel like most people already know what it is it's that uh, half mainstream. of the listeners have a 3d printer right. sitting at home on their desk that alone says something now so. of over in tool talk we've periodically picked on additive creation or mm. additive manufacturing which is 3d printing on steroids oh yeah they're, so they're pre- printing houses. They they're can 3D printing. print a house. Right. Well, congratulations. We've talked about this in the past, but it has finally happened. Relativity Space has 3D printed, are you ready? A rocket. Oh, yeah. 34 meters of rocket. 85% of it came out of their additive layering manufacturing facility. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It that uh, My math is correct. Isn't that about the size of a 10-story building? That's 34 meters, baby. You are correct. That, that's pretty tall. That's big. <laughs> okay. It's big. Yeah. 100-foot 100, 100 tall rocket. How big was the printer? Yeah, I mean. Well, it, it's it's the more than one printer. This is actually a series of additive manufacturing devices, basically commercial 3D printers, and they printed everything but the actual electronics. Yeah, I mean- And the vinyl seals. How about the engine? Yes. Really? The engine was printed. Holy cow. Now we just need an inline six for- (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So- Wait, wait, what what was the material? I mean, you can't just make a rocket out of plastic. It needs to be again a serious kind of metal. And there's like all kinds of carbon fiber, Kevlar, aluminum. Yes, all different types of metals, layers, fabrics. Synthetics. That's, yeah, what, I every, that's what I was going to ask is if you could liquefy metal and make it into three, added, as an additive for 3D printing. Well, the answer it. now is yes, sir. You certainly may. Wow. Uh, so if you can just picture... A hundred feet of rocket, just, you know, it's kind of, you know, of one of the best animations that's horribly inaccurate is in the fifth element of when they recreate the perfect being. Mm. They go back in the little machines showing the animation of remaking her body. Yeah. Can you just picture a giant manufacturing point where they roll a frame in it? And out the other end comes a rocket. You mentioned the fifth element, and I was just going to ask, oh, oh, now all they need to do is just 3D print the astronauts. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, uh, uh, you, I hate to say it, Max. Yeah, you but, know, uh, yeah. uh, 3D printed food is probably going to be on the way. That That's an unrelated story. Or a 3D um, pl- printed replacement kidney. Uh, that is also a, but, a related, but uh, yeah. a story we'll do another day. Okay. Uh, this is all about the rocket. They think they can get it down to about 95% 3D printed. Because What's mean, the rest of the 5%? I'm it, it's going to be stuff be the like other. the actual chips. Yeah, and I mean, some of that you still have. Right, to, right. There's going to be a few things that won't 3D print exactly. Or like the fuel. Of, but this is just terrifyingly great because it's called Terran 1. It was already, and this isn't even theoretical, Joe. I know you like to tell me I'm clickbait when I tell you something's coming. This baby has already been printed, done, has been launched. Was this a test? I mean, this wasn't a manned mission, right? No, it was not a manned mission. Okay. (laughs) No. I wouldn't want to be the test pilot. I would not want to be the first one strapped in it. No. Right. Of the first segment burned perfectly for just over two and a half minutes. Uh, The second stage of, wow. It, you know, this rocket launched. It flew, completed, you know, it made it up, and they've recovered so they can read and look at and see how it did. Because part of uh, making space travel, you know, more viable is making it more affordable. And, ma- and you know, if you're doing commercial and you're doing all sorts of different uh, space travel, that's, that's something you got to solve. And it sounds like a 3D printer, I mean... That's gonna that's gonna cut down on the labor costs and the manufacturing costs well, significantly. I, so yeah. I mean, I heard a, a a prediction a while back, and I'm not sure if it was by this company or not, but they were literally saying once we get this all dialed in, right? Once we've done a few of them, we might be able to make like a rocket a week. Can you can you imagine that? So I mean. Jeez, so you, you, it, it, it sort of creates, there's a lot of questions that emerge out of this. And is so. this a little bit more of a fr- um, uh, environmentally friendly alternative? Because you're just, you're literally using a template and just kind of copying, pasting, and printing. Yeah, and basically, you know, the number one product they use in this is uh, basically aluminum powders and aluminum beads. Yeah, okay, gosh. So, and, and where, where's this uh, rocket firm with i mean uh what well, country they is launched this? out of cape canaveral so they're here in the u.s oh it's a local one okay so I, I wonder if they'll share the technology with like elon musk and everybody else or, or nasa and you know well uh, i am sure they will be more than happy to build you a rocket for the low low price of yeah. insert crazy dollar amount here right I don't know though. The more competition, it always it always drops prices. It always makes things better. It does. And it gives but, us I mean, more innovation. So it, well, this this really brings space yeah. really close. Very cool, man. Well, another thought provoking and interesting episode of uh, Geek Tank Radio is in the can, but it's time to get out of here. So until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Maximilian. And I'm Alan Gilbreth, daring you to become a mad scientist in your basement and dare to ask, what's next?